0: Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Thursday.
1: Cofield and Company, Silver 7's. Willie on the scene. We got a lot going on here, Willie, at Lotus Broadcasting. I'm back at the home base for the show because we had a little bit of a tight window with something going on. Someone very special came into the building Ari is here, by the way. Say hi to Ari. I'm special.
2: I'm a little salty that I didn't get to. I didn't get to be a part of that tight window, but I understand because yeah. of logistics. Um, if anything, I, I maybe could have learned the board, run the board, and we could have kicked Ari out, and I could have been there. But whatever.
1: I think Ari would actually prefer not to be here today. I think Ari would prefer not to be there ever. Yeah. Uh, so, here's the story today. <laughs> we had a tight window because uh, they brought the Stanley Cup, the actual cup, into the building for Cofield How and cool Company. How yeah, cool is that? Yeah, just for us, yeah. um, except that's not the truth. Oh. We are going to have a conversation with Mike Bolt, the keeper of the cup. We'll mm-hmm. probably have that for you tomorrow. So, the cup is in a studio here, and a bunch of the on-air people were doing interviews with the keeper of the cup. You know, there's a great story behind this trophy. Mm-hmm. And... Ari has been so annoyed for the last hour. He's completely irked that everyone who's not on air wants to take a picture with the Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the most iconic trophies. No, no, no. In the history No, 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 no. of sports and Ari is mad that people are giddy. There's
2: priorities. It is, it is the most iconic. I mean, the Lombardi Trophy is great, the O'Brien Trophy, right? The the World Series the uh I can't even now. I've lost. Uh, train and What what the what's, what's the World Series trophy called? I can't think. The thing with the flags on it. Yes, but th- Lord's Stanley Cup, it's Commissioner's yeah. Trophy, Commissioner's Trophy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Lord's Stanley's Stanley Cup. It's. I mean, it is the trophy of yeah. all trophies. Okay. I mean, come on. All right. So I get it. Everybody wants to take pictures. And let's be real, Ari. Okay. The people that are not on air, that makes sense that those people they don't get to go to the places that we go to. Even oh, you know. You don't get to go on scene and really and go behind the scenes and well, I'm thinking like the desk people. I'm sure they get There's to go a, to huh. those events. There's like, a lot. You're with, gonna you're gonna hear
1: Willie, let him let him go here because you're gonna hear yeah. a lot of the angst and, and jealousy oh, no. why Ari is annoyed because Ari keeps saying to you that In response to, oh, the the behind-the-scenes people don't get to go, what's your response to that, Ari?
3: That's not true at all. I I know what you're getting at, and some people absolutely belong in some of these places above me. I'm not saying I should, but sometimes there's a little bit of a lack of focus on the priority in my mind. So
1: you're saying management, admin, and sales get to go to way too many games as compared to you? I'm
3: saying sometimes I find out about events because sales or management post something on Facebook about how much fun they're having, and they forgot to tell me. But how are
2: they getting to promote it? it? How are they getting in, Ari?
3: Because their wheels are... What do you mean? No, they, they how ask? are
2: they getting in? I'm doing in. a show in the middle how of that How are one. they walking into the arenas, I'm asking you? No, you're not doing a show. Ari, how are the people walking in? With a ticket? Right. They're uh, going in and they're sitting in the stands. What I'm trying to say is hmm. they don't have a credential where they get to... Like today, right? Walking over to City National. I was amongst... 500, 1,500, whatever it was, throngs of fans. So so even management at Lotus could have went over to City National. But you know what they didn't get to do? They didn't go they go in the back. They didn't get to go interview the players. They didn't get to see behind the scenes. I went to T-Mobile okay, to pick fair. up my credential. What I'm saying is it makes sense when you have the people that just get to go as fans because, yes, you're right. The whole building has the rights to, to some tickets because of marketing uh, from time to time. Which by, way,
1: have, which, by the way, so does Ari. But and, they don't and, have credentials, and Ari. This is what what we're unearthing here, and I wish uh, Q Myers, our boss, was listening. Ari, you could do exactly what Willie does at VGK Games. You could do exactly what I do at UNLV Games. I'm not. I'm not saying the job. You can have the same exact access. You choose not to do it. You okay. choose not there's, to do
3: it. There is. There's other variables involved. No. You know what it, it is? No, no. Yeah, too, let's go.
1: You,
2: you're too busy swiping on Booble and Tinder <laughs> Booble. and Hidden You're trying
0: to get Tuckus all
1: the time at night
2: hey, like instead said, of going to games.
3: Like I said, my priorities are aligned the right way. You do know you could go to these games. Yes. Uh, yes. So when you, when you see admin,
1: sales, and management going to games and things. you get jealous, you could go to the games the same way they do, mm-hmm. maybe not with the same seats. But you could go, and you could also go as a Willie.
3: You know what? I'll also I'll also defend Willie's take too, which is uh, I was uh, I got to witness the whole inaugural season, which they also made the Stanley Cup that year with VGK. I was That's on the road. Right, so you I've, worked You I've worked out, like side by side I got with to the work, main broadcasters. I got to work with That's Cofield what, and Company on the road for years and years. Isn't that how you women, and I got close? So. Closer. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. You? You because because we because. Yeah. Well, because I are. was,
2: I was brought in. As a matter he of fact, I just had a memory on Facebook. I was brought in as it ge- I was always brought often. in uh, for the 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 VGK guys back then. R I P. Our good job. Uh, our good guy. Ballpark Frank. But I was and Ari, you were there, right? Yes. That's yeah. how. We, yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so times change. All
2: right, Ari, you're not allowed to talk the rest of the show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sir. <laughs>
1: we've actually we're going to roll some video later he's got, now, he's got a brand spanking new camera on him so uh, it actually has a clean lens it doesn't look like he's uh, it doesn't you know, look foggy I, I was going to say he's what a, happened I know he's not behind a shower door that has a bunch of water stains on it that's yes. generally what I is, use my uh, is, work laptop for yes. that, that thing you don't yes. have a
2: selfie mirror where it's totally. got spots all over Wow, it. beautiful
1: so today we honor not only the Stanley Cup because it's in the building and people are going crazy here and if you uh, do follow me up on Instagram I took a picture with it I looked very happy very happy um It is also, Willie loves the national days, and so does Ari, so we kind of put one in the show, because generally there's some relevance, but this one I did not get. Today is National Nail Polish Day, and Willie is now up on our video system, which we're not rolling live. That's a shame. Uh, You'll have (laughs) to show it later. He's showing finely manicured nails with polish on it, Mm -hmm. and... Clear gel. This (laughs) is it.
2: Make sure you put that up. Why?
1: Why? Why? I mean, if you want to get color, you can get color.
2: No, I can't. But yes. I'm just saying,
1: I, I, I don't. Why don't you?
2: Um, it doesn't really go with my complexion. I, can, I, I can't. I haven't been able to every, find the right. shade. Every color
1: doesn't go with your complexion. Yeah, I haven't been able to find the right shade, and I don't have time to figure it out. So I just go with the clear gel. I can find. I I know. Uh, you know, through the so and her business, I know at least two excellent manicurists. Why would I you why could, would I why would I ditch the one that yeah, I have? She can't find the right color. I think these two can no, find I, the right I, color for compliance. I didn't say
2: she didn't. She couldn't. I said I couldn't. Oh you couldn't. One day I wanted to see, we were talking about growth, and obviously you can see at the top, but I wanted to see from the bottom, like just for argument's sake because of the cuticle, and she put a black dot on one of the at
1: the very bottom. But this is a real passion for you.
2: Well, every three weeks. It's it's a set it's a set appointment. And every three weeks, there's there's a lot of set appointments, to be honest with you. And this week is a big week because of the yeah. Stanley Cup. Yeah. So the suits are out. The, sh-
1: the shirts are pressed. The shoes are out. You know, the shoes You're, are ready to well, go. I loved your question. Your question uh, for our rundown was, has Willie's week consisted of getting primped and polished for the Stanley Cup finals? And my yeah. response was, are you wearing open-toe shoes? I thought you were <laughs> talking manicures. I was like, are you going to wear open-toe shoes or your uh, toenails all painted? Toenails. No, they don't Show get buffed. get finely th- tuned talons. Toes get buffed with a
2: buffer. A, bu- a buffer? Yeah. Is that right? She, she does the buffing uh. and then. Does she wear the
1: protective glasses?
2: No. Okay. Uh, she puts, but she puts, she puts some eye shields on when she has to sand down the old gel to put the new one on. And then earlier in the week, I went to my girl to get the goatee uh, lined up,
1: cleaned up a little bit, trimmed, and made sure it, it looks real good. Looks like you colored it too, real good. One, I did one color.
2: Yeah, I don't want fifty shades of gray in my. Did you in hear my that goatee? admission?
1: He colored. He colored. What do mean, you mean? He you You
2: are you going to do this every time? I always. Yes, admit. because I'm jealous.
1: Yes. I've been told by multiple people, don't color the beard. I wake up every day. I leave home. I'm like, this beard needs to be colored. And then you rub it in my face. I, you with bring a, up the with topic. A, with, a, with a dyed beard. I just don't Gee want damn to. you. I just don't, I just. It don't looks want, great.
2: I just don't want light brown, dark brown, hate, shades of red, and then gray undertones. It's yeah. way too much, like a Get nickel it. and dime. Get it. And then today...
1: My face today, after
2: under. after City National, after going to City National, grabbing sound for the Vast Sound crew to chop up.
1: Oh, that's right. Shea Theodore. By the way, one-on-one with Shea Theodore coming up later on. Who getting else has some, that?
2: Getting some interviews with uh, for AP. I went to my esthetician and got my every three-week facial. So I am ready for the God, Stanley you Cup.
1: Good. You look good. You're beaming. I can't wait until we start the Glowing today. is the word. You're, you're beaming. You're glowing. I can see the glow, man. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, Coming up, we got to get to what Josh McDaniel said. Nothing to see here. Still nothing to see here on Jimmy G. Quarterbacks, Willie, you guys are the ones who have the anxiety over the Raiders quarterback position. We'll get to that. we got Xavier Pope on one of the weirdest threads I've seen in years about an encounter with a rideshare food delivery guy. It is crazy, and it blew up on social media. But next, AP National Writer covering the NHL, covering the Stanley Cup Finals. Wino is in.
0: Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: he's been working with Sean Burke, so I can see definitely similarities there where there's a lot of east-west more than south-north play. I see a lot of the moves that I used to do in terms of getting your feet set. Don't try to over-challenge the puck carrier. It's more about read and react and give yourself time to be in a good position. So, yeah, it's funny how sometimes you can see the, the influence a, a goal coach can have on a goalie.
0: Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. You know, TNT's on the coverage of the Stanley Cup Final with
1: your Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. That was Henrik Lundqvist, the legend, legendary. Should we go legendary? Let's go legendary. Henri. Henri Lundqvist. All right. You do that. I'll do yep. Henry. Uh, legendary, talking about Aiden Hill. And I really think he is a guy worth talking about. Lots of other elements to get into. On the ground in town, AP writer covering the NHL on the national level is Stephen Wino with Cofield and Willie. Stephen, how are you, buddy?
4: I'm doing very well. How are you guys?
1: We're good. We're good. Uh, Let's scene set in a couple of minutes about your trip and what you're doing today. But I wanted you to build on what uh, Lundqvist was saying about Aiden Hill. It is a a pretty fascinating story. For those of us on the ground here, we followed it, but – Outside the market, I'm sure there's a lot of people, even, you know, pretty good hockey fans who are like, Aiden, what? What's going on here? So Aiden Hill is a story.
4: Yeah, he, he is. And and, and look, he, he's obviously not the names of, of someone like Sergey Bobrovsky or even Jake godinger some of the other kind of high-end goaltenders in, in this playoff who have gone on long runs, but he is playing a very fundamental, strong style of game right now, and and. and in, in talking to Jack Eichel about this today, he said it's uh, a lot of it is credit, obviously, to Aiden Hill himself, but also to Sean Burke and, and kind of the system set up here uh, with his organization so to kind of make uh, make things easier for the goaltenders. I'm not saying Hill's a system goaltender or anything like that, but there are elements of, kind of Sean Burke's teaching and there are elements of Bruce Cassidy's coaching that have kind of melded together to, to kind of help this run happen, and that, that not just any goalie can come in, but almost any goalie can. Come can come in behind this kind of defensive structure, the, the way Bruce Cassidy coach teams play. But Aiden Hill has also made game-changing saves. He's made the kind of saves that are, are, are the spectacular ones, not just the ones he's supposed to make. And I think a lot of that is from kind of a, an unsung NHL career, and, and now turning that into learning from Sean Burke, and, and even more recently, learning from a guy like Jonathan Crick, who's obviously been to two Stanley Cup Finals and won it, won it each time.
2: Stephen, in, in... I, you know, I talked to a couple of the guys today about this situation in terms of the comparison from 2018 Golden Knights to now. And back then, it was almost like this was a team of destiny that had Marc-Andre Fleury, right? You just say that name. And he was going up against Braden Hopi, who had been playing well and had a decent roster behind him. The big name just didn't come through because everybody else in the synergy between that team. It's almost opposite this year with the Golden Knights where they've got the roster with... The, the goalie that nobody's talking about versus Bobrovsky, the veteran, with some decent guys behind it. But now Vegas has a hot hand. I mean, outside of Vasilevsky, the two years Tampa Bay won, they, you know, you had Bennington, right? Uh, last year was it was Kemper with Colorado. Wasn't necessarily the big-name goaltender. It was the hot team with the hot hand with the hot goaltender.
4: Yeah, and, and and both these goaltenders are hot right now. Don't get me wrong. I would say Sergey Bobrovsky, since he came in, of uh, four-out line early on in the Panthers' first-round series against Boston, and has been on fire. And, and, and Aiden Hill, same sort of thing, it, uh, for different reasons. And this is the first time since 1969 that, that both teams in the final are starting a goaltender in Game 1 who didn't start the playoffs. And, and, and it's actually similar to what the Capitals did in, in 2018. Phil so Gruhauer started that playoff. They went to Braden Holpe, obviously went on a run. Aiden Hill comes in when Lauren Perslaw goes down with injury. Robrovsky comes in when Paul Maurice realizes, okay, maybe the magic has run out for Alex Lyon there in Florida. He Alex Lyon helped him get into the playoffs, but then you turn to the kind of the guy. Sergey Robrowski is the guy, whereas Aiden Hill is the next guy. He, he's just, and, and, and the, the kind of list of goaltenders that a year ago it would have been Robin Leonard, everybody thought was going to be starting in goal for this team. But to go each guy down the list and to see Aiden Hill not kind of choke or kind of wilt under the pressure, but shine under the pressure uh, is a testament to kind of him growing into his NHL career after being really a journeyman for a long time.
2: Speaking with Steven Wino, AP Sports in town. Of course, I get to work alongside my guy. I didn't get to work alongside you five years ago. You had to work from afar, and it was your team that was here beating the Golden Knights for the cup. So I'm kind of looking forward to our coverage for AP. Um, let's let's do this. Let's do this two parts. Why do the Florida Panthers win the Stanley Cup?
4: Because this is a team with Sergey Bobrovsky that just looks like it's unstoppable. And, and and it reminds me a lot of what Jonathan Crick and the Kings did in 2012. Is the last team into the field, number eight seed, and you don't realize they're a buzzsaw until it's over and, and until you kind of watch them most through opponents and and you kind of have the right mix of the right coach at the right time, clutch performances. Back then it was guys like Andre Kopitar and Dustin Brown and Justin Williams. Now it's Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhart doing the same thing. And the, 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 only, the, the only question I would have for Florida is the 10 days off and kind of how that might affect this team. But when you have Matthew Kachuk scoring, basically every big goal that, that, that you need as a team to win this time of year and Sergey Bobrovsky looking unstoppable. I think there's also a psychological element the Panthers have that they, they went from coming out of nowhere to being a team where you look at Sergey Bobrovsky and you think, how are you going to beat this guy?
2: Flip side. Why do the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup?
4: The, the, this is this is the reverse of 2018. And Chase Theodore said this to you earlier and, 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 and said it to, to a bunch of folks that there, there was a lack of experience in 2018 among that team. That they kind of got overwhelmed by the moment, maybe thought it was going to be too easy after winning game one. This is an experienced group, not just the six guys who were left in the 2018 final. But you have guys who won the Stanley Cup before. Jonathan Quick just coming on all, all on the bench. But Al Alspotrandu, Ivan Barbashev. You've got, you got high-end talent of guys who've gone on long runs. Some, and then someone you mix in like a Jack Eichel, who's never been here before uh, and, and is a, a candidate uh, for the Consummate the Trophy uh, MVP. And it, it, it looks like this is the, the, the team that's supposed to win, and the Panthers are the team that, I don't know, happy to be here is not what I mean, but the team that was not expected to be here. And, right. the, and Vegas, the Golden Knights, are supposed to be the team that, after all these moves from Kelly McCrimmon are supposed to win now.
2: Steven Wino AP Sports joining us on Cofield and Company ESPN Las Vegas. So Steven, uh, let's 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 uh, feed off of that because I think that we're getting some somewhat of the chatter that that they're getting with the NBA finals in in uh, is this an intriguing matchup? Is it good for the NBA? Would they have rather had the Celtics and the Lakers or the Celtics and somebody else or the Bucks or the Six or something more glamorous? Like I'm wondering do people, you know, is Boston the more the, uh, the more attractive matchup for Vegas, or did they think the Avalanche were going to come through, or even the Kraken were a great storyline. But a matchup like this, just like Denver, maybe it has its storylines. This is good for the NHL, right?
4: I think so, and and, and and ultimately both. Of course, would the ratings be better if they're Boston and Chicago, Boston, L.A., that sort of thing, the Rangers involved, the Maple Leafs, Karma, David? Yeah, uh, of, of course they would be. There would be kind of more national interest, but it is good for the game to kind of show off teams in, in, in different markets, in newer markets, and, and getting a chance for, for fans there to experience what it's like to go on a long run. And the Panthers have not been in the Finley Cup final since 1996. You have an entire generation of fans who've grown up and not gotten a chance to see this. Golden Knights, have, obviously, you guys are lucky here to, that the that, that, that team made it to the final in the first year, but to, it, it's a really a shining example of expansion in the NHL and, and kind of showing that it's not the traditional hockey hotbeds you can win it anymore, and that you can Get you can kind of grow fans and, and grow an entire market. The, the practice facility that was full, line out the door to come watch practice. I'm not a game, not a game, practice. And, and so, to me, that's just such a great sign of kind of what you can do in a new, in a kind of a, a newer, as Gary Bettman likes to say, newer sort of market. And, and while there are fans already in place to watch Boston and Toronto and the Rangers. Be, they exist, and, and and all those things, and that's why the ratings are good. Maybe ten years from now, the ratings giants will be teams like Vegas because of of, of runs like that.
1: Did I hear the word "we're lucky"? Stephen Wino, 14, what
4: what,
0: what, do you, 14, what do you do? What 14, do you? We deserve 14, it. We deserve it!
1: No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We are. We're very lucky that we've yeah. had we've had I mean we had the we had the Stanley Cup in the building today and I'm I'm looking at it I'm like, this thing has been in Vegas twice in this building in six years. There are cities around the country that have droughts of not winning the freaking thing that go in excess, you know, in Toronto, what, fifty-three years, whatever it is now, other cities forty four years, yeah. We are lucky and I wanted to talk about the new markets and let's build on what you were saying about Batman and you know growing the sport. Uh, your times that you've been to Pantherland what is that arena like during the regular season? And then what do you think the environment's going to be like in the postseason? Bruce Cassidy sort of suggested that, hey, maybe the city will be even a little more amped up because they also have the heat going down you know, right now in the finals. So compare, contrast, regular season to what it's going to be like for games three and four.
4: Yeah, it's no secret that Florida has not been the greatest kind of regular season building crowd. And in yeah. and back to my years of covering the Capitals on the road, it was one of those places where even players were said It's kind of hard to kind of create your own energy in there. It, it, the arena is in a strange place. It's in sunrise. It's 40 minutes from Fort Lauderdale. It's a decent driveway from Miami as well. And, and, and so you need to kind of put an effort in to go there. And, and, and so... You, you have the hardcore fans who, as like we said, have not been able to see a winning team around there for a long period of time. But, man, they're amped up in the playoffs. And you could even see it in that Bruin series from the start that, that this is a, a, that the, the fan base there is in on this. That they're throwing the rack. They're they're enjoying this run. Matthew Kachuk has become a, kind of a star. And, and South Florida is really kind of the center of the sports universe right now with the Heat in the NBA Finals, with the defenders in the Stanley Cup Finals. That, that, and none of those games overlap. So you're going to have a chance for, for fans in that market, fans of, of those teams, to be able to check it out every single night.
1: I wonder if you could ever get a guy like Kachuk on the record, or maybe I missed it, but saying publicly, like, you know what, I actually like playing here. There's a little less pressure. It's a lot nicer place to live. You know what, Calgary can shove it.
4: Right. Well, here's the thing. The, 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 no, he's not going to say that. But you have to, You have to. one of the things to consider is not only do these guys get – of the anonymity in places like Tampa, obviously the two championships recently, Florida, Vegas, uh, Dallas even, with long runs. But tax-free living, the uh, kind of tax-free states I think helped that a lot for, for attracting players. And, and the weather is nice, and, and, and you guys get a chance to golf and those sort of things. There's something to be said for kind of quality of life to go, uh, to go along with a little bit of less pressure.
1: Steven, you're the best. Enjoy your stay here. Uh, I assume you're going to be back and forth all series, so let's talk to you later in the series. Really good job. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. S-Y-N-O. W-H-Y-N-O. I, I really – I mean, I guess I'm not really rubbing it in. When you're playing Florida, you know, in the series, you're not really rubbing it in on Florida. But uh, I really do like this angle, and I've talked to a lot of people who follow hockey a lot closer than I do, this whole playing in Canada versus playing in the United States thing, and I wonder what Kachuk thinks, you know? Because it did get a bit contentious there, and he's like, man, I'm out. That's enough. I'm done. Yeah, and look where he's at. And it worked out on the ice, and I'm sure in some ways his life is uh, you know, a little easier, a little happier. Maybe there are guys who thrive in all that pressure, but it seems like a lot of the players who move south and especially move to the, uh, the we'll call it the sun strip instead of the sun belt, uh, across the southern part of the United States, they have a hell of a time, and uh, a lot of these franchises are doing really well.
0: Daily happy hour from three to 5 PM pint shots and margaritas for $2 and 77 cents at the silver and gold sports bar inside the silver sevens hotel and casino brought to you by the Southern Nevada Chevrolet dealers. Hanging at the William Hill sports book inside silver sevens. It's Cofield and company on ESPN, Las Vegas. Ah, oh, that's so great. We, uh, I,
1: I think I, I think I did the good makeup today, Willie. Uh, we were talking early at the show or early in the show about the Stanley Cup being in the building. I mean it's really cool. And fans go crazy over it. So we all took pictures with the cup. We did some interviews. We'll have an interview for you tomorrow with one of the guys who takes care of the cup. And I just noticed that uh, Millard just walked into the building. And by the way, Willie is on the scene manning the uh, the side of the show at Silver Sevens. We love Silver Sevens, so we appreciate Willie being down there. But Millard just walked in and I'm like, What have you been around the cup too much? You don't even come into the building? And he's like, Yeah He's like, kind of. He's like, I actually went to Afghanistan on a couple of tours with the Cup, and you know, one of the keepers of the Cup. I'm like, oh, oh big deal here. Okay, all right. So the Cup is old hat for him. Must be nice. Must be nice being a big hockey guy like uh, Millard. He's a showboat. He is a name dropper. Yeah. I mentioned that we were getting on uh, Ed Olchek today. We're still working on that. Um, and Millard sends me a picture a couple of minutes later, a text, and he's like, "Hi, hey, I'm sitting here right with him, yeah, right next to me." Kept done talking. Okay. Yeah,
2: and, and NHL tweeted out from their official account, like, you know, did you miss this stuff? And he was listed on one of them, and I think he was with Eddie O. But, yeah, I, I you know, he's a big shot now. I mean, usually during games, like between the second and third period, he's up there near the popcorn and the drinks, and he says hi, and it's, there's always a hug involved.
1: I don't even expect an acknowledgment for the next week. On to another topic, in terms of excitement, right? So I'm excited for the Stanley Cup final. It's our hometown team. been a great season. A lot of good stories. When you're 50-plus, you and I are both, right? In that demo, can you be both an NBA and an NHL fan? I come across a lot of NHL fans who like to badmouth the NBA, and I don't get it, and I don't want to make the leap to what I think it might be. But how about you? Do you kind of tread lightly around people? Who are 50 plus in our age bracket? Where you're like, okay, what are they going to say about the NBA? Here we go. Uh,
2: I tread lightly around people just in general. So I mean, um, I don't know. I, I I get the the most I hear bad mouthing the NBA from the circles that I run because I don't really run a lot of uh, around a lot of circles. You know me, dude. I'm you know I'm out in an event. I'm at one of our shows. I'm covering something. Or or I'm in the gym, or I'm at home, right? Um, so I don't really hang a lot of circles where I'm hearing sports fans talk as much as I am media. But what I can tell you is that the the number one thing for years, decades now, that is that yeah, I don't really watch the NBA in the regular season, and it's you know it's always the fourth quarter. They don't show up till the fourth quarter, and that comes from a lot of people. Unless they are a die hard like basketball fan that that. Where the the ones that make the distinction between watching college basketball or the nBA yeah. so i don't really have a circle of people that I hear that from it's more so just you know i 'll wait till the playoffs
1: because there's another question in here when you're around people who don't cover sports and you know they're fans, like how much do you get into them on conversations? And I almost never do it if people ask me i'll usually. And I don't, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I would usually just bounce it back to them and go, well, what do you think, right? Like, I, like you don't need to know. I'll, I'll give my opinion. So I saw a, a, um, a Facebook entry, right, and a conversation. And the subject was ESPN and the pre-post and intermission show. Oh, they just hated the Golden Knights, which I always find weird. I don't see slanted coverage, but I'm not a fan. Like, I don't look at it as a fan. I also kind of understand a little bit what these broadcasts are trying to do in terms of balance and maybe going one way or the other to get people worked up. So one of our good buddies who uh, works kind of around the station as a a buyer and a bunch of clients, whatever, Uh, Todd had posted, it was kind of shocking that ESPN allowed P.K. Subban to continually show his dislike for BGK. His blatant disregard and disrespect was so obvious, and he was clearly a Dallas homer. Not a good look for any broadcaster on the, quote, leader in sports entertainment, unquote. Okay, why are, why are there quotes? So I couldn't hold back because the whole thread was like, you're right, Todd. I can't believe a professional would have an angle against a team. And I was like, all right. I said your comment makes no sense. You want these studio shows to play it down the middle. Charles Barkley is regarded as the best studio analyst in the biz. You get mad at him because when he craps on San Antonio or most recently he got all over the Celtics. Man, some of you VGK fans are just softies. Is that too much no does that, does that mean no because i got into it a little bit i want to say it was on twitter
2: over the same subject with pk suban yeah and i think it, i know with somebody i have no clue who it
1: was it was like a, just a, a tweeter a troll right, right. um it, feel, it feels like a lot of hockey fans were uncomfortable with suban for some reason
2: well they were because here's this is going to sound really weird and odd maybe for the listeners but for for like you and ari and mateo who's sitting to my left by the way. Uh, this won't sound weird. What was odd for me was listening to PK with his delivery, but watching it at the same time, and he was dressed down. Yeah. Like, I'm so used to looking at panelists with suits, right? You guys understand that. There's going to be some listeners that don't understand what I'm talking about. But Does like, that bother you? It didn't bother me because that's hey, that's PK Subin, so it's his stuff. But I've seen him, like I've seen him after games when he was still in the NHL here in Vegas, and like he dresses in some gaudy suits, and I right. say that in a in a in a flattering way, like like the standout. You know, with the, with, the, with the hat, with the brim, and, the, the you know, stepping out with the Croc shoes. I mean, some dynamite
1: suit. So, I was like, this is your time to shine, dude. This is like no, I Barry. Think that, I, I think he's this got was, suits like Barry Melrose would wear. I think this was by design by him and by ESPN. First of all, the way the set was set up, he's off to the side. Then he's spinning around in a chair. Yeah,
2: I, really, a, I, a I,
1: I really think that either the, the guys who brought him in or he decided that he was going to be a heel. And then people uh, buy it hook, line, and sinker, and it's like, yeah, that's what he's doing. Okay. And I am right on Barkley. Barkley picks on people to go at. He said, he said he wanted to punch the Celtics in the face for the way they were playing. What? And then, then the, other, the other, just to close this out because got I want to get Xavier Pope on here, um, the other thing that was interesting is the response was, well, I don't see NFL analysts picking certain players and teams to go against. I'm like, well, I, maybe it's out of season and you don't remember, but give me a freaking break. That happens all the time on all the shows. That's what makes it entertaining! Yeah. We don't have to be all sensitive when you know, and I don't want to I don't want to tell people like everything's a bit, but a lot of it is a bit. And lighten up if someone has an opinion against your team, so what? Up there's you moved on, you won!
0: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez, or tweet the show at Colefield Co. or at ESPN Las Vegas. Your host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, he is live on Cofield and Company. All
1: right, fun day here in Vegas as we're getting ready for the Stanley Cup Final on Saturday. The Knights are in it. We've got more hockey convo coming up. we got NBA Finals Game 1 on the way. We're all big NBA fans. I know Xavier Pope is certainly, and we're going to get to that in a couple minutes, but uh, a couple of serious stories, well, one serious story coming out of the gates. First of all, Xavier, how are you doing, buddy?
5: I'm fantastic. How you doing, Steve?
1: I'm good. You know, I was reading about the uh, – this is a hell of a way to start off the spot, but, you know, a lot of people watch <laughs> that 70s show, and Danny Masterson's a pretty well-known guy. Yeah. and um, He got convicted, and he's facing 30 years. Um, I yeah. wanted you to explain why this got a second trial, but first, let's give some background on the story. Let me throw to a bite here from NBC News.
3: The first rape trial ended with a hung jury last year, but this time, after deliberating for more than a week, a jury found the actor sexually assaulted two women. What was different this time around is that the judge allowed in evidence that he drugged the women before these assaults. Now, Masterson denied any wrongdoing, but he didn't testify. His attorneys argued that prosecutors simply had no hard proof anyone was drugged. Scientology played a major role at this trial. The women said they feared coming forward, given his role in the church, and that officials discouraged them from going to law enforcement enforcement something the church denies
1: okay a couple of things there one xavier and for folks who don't know xavier's been on with us a billion times he is an attorney why did this get a second trial and i I thought the stuff on scientology was certainly uh, very worrisome
5: yeah well first and foremost uh uh, jeopardy is attached had not attached to danny masterson because it was a it was a hung jury they weren't able to make a decision so um a lot of situations and when you see a hung jury, there are many times prosecutors won't bring another a trial because of the expense to taxpayers and maybe they feel something about the, the level of proof. but the fact that there were two um, victims in this particular case and they felt that they were able to put on a, a better trial, they were able to get Danny Masterson. so jeopardy never attacked them because there was no actual verdict to convict him or um, say that he was uh, not guilty of that crime. Uh, the Scientology thing is wild because I was literally just walking down the street and the Scientologists were all over the corner in this prominent part of the city. I had never seen that before. Um, and the Scientology element using religion or whatever beliefs to sexually harm other people is disgusting. And it, The fact that faith or belief or whatever systems of cult um, ideology using to sexually harass, harm, and rape other people is really disturbing, uh, and uh, he's going to go potentially go away for a very long time, and uh, yeah, yeah, but he was definitely uh, eligible to be tried again. Yeah,
1: the uh, the church intimidation stuff, unfortunately, has become uh, such a massive story the last, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. when you want to start, I think go, it goes way back, but the last uh, 20, 25 years, so uh, worth following now with uh, Danny Masterson and this conviction. All right, we got a wacky story to go through, and there's so many layers to it, and Man, mm-hmm. people had a strong reaction. You had a bad experience with a food delivery driver the other day. Where did it start, yeah. and why did you feel like you were being scammed?
5: Yeah, uh as, you know, people maybe watching or listening to this have never, ever listened before, but I think this is extremely important. I, I just made it just an order for some breakfast. I was hungry. Uh, and I, I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat solid foods between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., so I got to get my got to get some food in before six AM starts, and so ordered some food um, from an IHOP. And uh, the 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 driver, you know, they say the driver's on your way. Then wine I didn't. I looked at my phone, saw that they that there was several text messages. Could you cash at me money for gas? And then I got it in the app because first I got it on the on my text message. I didn't know who it was, and then I got it in the app, and I was like, oh, uh, and I was like, what? And, and then I was asked multiple times, and I was just so shocked at that moment. But then after that, like, the person called me five different times, and I just said, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Um, please bring me my food. Eventually, I told the person not to bring me my food. An hour later passes, right? I just think, okay, maybe that person will get off the app at some point. And an hour later, the person actually winds up um, where I was. And at that point, um, I told this person not to come. And I, I, at that point, I'm, this is really sketchy. And I'm like, hey, I don't – and then the food is cold. Obviously, by the time – I had already ordered the food a long time ago. Like, hey, I don't want this food. And the person you know, still eventually delivered it. After that, I didn't feel comfortable letting this person up in the building, so they left it in the alley. Um, and so that's what the story is. And I think that anybody in my position would have done the same thing, to protect themselves and their safety, allowing somebody to come to your home. It's one thing when we talk about charity and helping people out and understanding the gig economy and what workers are going through. It's another when someone comes to your actual residence and knows where you live. And I think that that's the big uh, demarcation of when you have to be able to protect yourself and the the safety of anyone that's in your home.
2: Speaking with Xavier Pope, Suit Up News here on Cofield & Company, ESPN Las Vegas. The very first thing I thought of when I saw that tweet, I was like, Did this driver, because, and I don't know if I've ever used Uber Eats. I think I've used the other one. What is the other one, Dash?
5: Uh, DoorDash. DoorDash, DoorDash. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, And I think you have to pay in advance, and then you have the option of whatever you add. Like, And I was like, okay. Xavier probably. I mean, he's a respectable guy. It's not like he's going to under tip. So he probably there's a delivery charge, which we we have to pay a delivery charge, and you have to, and then you right. leave your tip. I'm wondering, did this guy like think? Here's how I'm going to sort of pimp some more tip out of this guy, out of this customer, because we got the delivery charge. I'm not satisfied with the tip that was left, so I'll just get, I'll just go from twenty or twenty five percent, whatever it was that you left, to thirty. But it what definitely sounded it? like a
5: scam to me. Well, the thing about it, if you're asking for gas money, you're not talking about the amount of money for a tip. Yo. The order was less than 20 bucks, uh, So at that point, you're not looking for 3 to 4 or $5. You're looking for a significant amount of money. But as a lawyer, one of the principles I've learned is never assume facts are in, that are not into evidence. Right. I couldn't assume what this person's state of mind was. All I know is that this is not something that's, that's usual. So as that order was taking place, I contacted a safety line. Uber did not respond right away, and so at that point, I'm faced with having to make a decision after having contacted the the help platform while this was going on. So it wasn't as if I contacted Uber and just posted this for the first time after it all happened. I was in contact with Uber over the whole course of that time, trying to get them to, hey, stop this order and delivery from happening. But they're going to charge me um, the same amount of my order to cancel, so I couldn't cancel. I'm not going to pay money food that's not going to be delivered to me and i had nothing to do with it and so i just think that you can have empathy you can have sympathy for people but at the same time you can't be a sucker you know and and, and be scammed if you don't know what's going on and i think that this there's no common practice that i've ever heard of that people are are asking for money outside of that app that's something that's taking place in the app that's why the app exists
2: Wait a minute. You were going to be charged the nearly or exact the same amount to cancel the order.
5: Yeah, exactly, exactly. If I would cancel the order, so okay. so for me that that I wasn't comfortable with that. I wasn't I wasn't comfortable having to pay for something that wasn't my fault, and so I just waited to see whether that person would just cancel the order on their own, um, and I told them not to come, and then I just waited for an hour. Um, you know, I just stopped I just stop paying attention to the delivery altogether. I didn't think the food would get delivered at all. I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. say, said, don't come. This person doesn't have gas, or, what, or they or they say they don't. I'm leaving it alone. And at some point, this person showed up at my place, and that's when I had a problem.
2: Once again, speaking with Xavier Pope, suit up news. So this thread, there's no way you thought it was going to get as big as it was. You were getting bombarded in your inbox.
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, the thing about it, though, is that initially the, 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 the reaction that I got was overwhelmingly positive. I want to make sure that's abundantly clear. <laughs> yep. um, and people were <laughs> yep. empathizing. But then at some point, we had a bunch of trolls jump on. Uh, and then we see this in Elon Musk's Twitter, um, where they started changing the narrative of what was going on. And it seemed as if when you change the narrative, People are catching on to that story. People want to just be a part of the herd. right? And it's true. And they just want to just jump on a story and just everyone wants to dunk on the person. And I think that's troubling. It, you may not even necessarily even think or believe what, the, of what people are saying, but you feel like, okay, this is the quote-unquote winning opinion or this is the best opinion, so I want to be on the right side of that opinion. Um, that's a high mentality. That's not something that's fostered about social media at all.
1: Yeah, that was the crazy part because I followed the whole thing. And like you said, support in the beginning, and then a bunch of people are like, you're a cheap ass, you're a mean person, you have no uh, sympathy. Um, it also turned into a kind of a whole tipping thing. And I think one of the stories that comes out of it is one of the things I've been talking about, and people can think I'm a jerk for this, but um, our system is very broken now where people are not paid by these big corporations, and then we somehow have been guilted into making up the gap. And I don't want to always I, make – I don't always want to make up the gap. And because I don't want to make up the gap doesn't mean that I'm heartless.
5: How do, and how does that make you a jerk when those companies are billion-dollar companies that are traded publicly? Uh, why do we have to do the work of, of other people, uh, of people that are making more money than us, Steve? <laughs> more than me. You know, and the fact that you as a, as a regular person just wants to get something done – Mm-hmm. For a certain price, and now you uh, are bearing the brunt of it. Our society worships corporations way too much, and we're letting them get off the hook with a lot of different things, um, and we shouldn't. Um, it, it, with the issue, we bailed out companies before and, and banks and all that, but when people want to be able to have get bailed out for their student loans, if people are throwing their arms in the air, I just think we got this. We got it. We're we're back with it.
1: Oh, it's it's priority. it's gotten completely out of control, but it's par for the course. You know what happens? You get. You know, these uh, delivery companies are looking, I'll say, down at us fighting amongst each other on how much to tip. And they're like, this is great, man. They're not even noticing that we are ripping them off and we're ripping off the restaurants as well. Uh, let's finish up here in the last 90 seconds with a little bit of NBA. I know you pointed out the uh, the Kayla Martin story and how cool that was that, you know, he's on the Heat and he's a big contributor. And he probably could have won the Eastern Conference Final MVP. That's a neat story. I think the Heat are really going to compete in this series. I think it's going to go seven. I'm going to pick the Nuggets, but I think it goes seven.
5: Yeah, seven, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that this Nikola Jokic, um, the Denver Nuggets, um, Jamal Murray, um, they got some dogs in that team. Um, they they were able to create offense and dominate the playoffs and um they've been in the one seed all year. Why why would anything change? I I know that the Heat have, have come on late in the last month and they now they're the, they're the, the best shooting three point team in the playoffs right now they've been hot and have Caleb Martin, they have Gabe Benson who's getting getting healthier. Um, and they have a, a transcendent Jimmy Butler, but uh, Denver has been knocking on the door for so many years, and I think they're now healthy and they're ready to, to to win. I don't know seven games, Steve. I think this might go five or six, and the Nuggets come out uh, as the NBA champion.
1: And then I wonder from there if Jokic gets the credit, or we have to come up with some kind of storyline where we're still we're we're blasting him for what being boring. Um, guys, a great player. He might not be the most exciting player, and he's also not American, so he's not he's not going to be great. With the language, uh, you know, with English being whatever it is, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth language, uh, let's appreciate greatness, even if he isn't, you know, the most uh, magnetic, magnetic star.
5: I mean, he's everything that the league would have been if Sabonis had an opportunity to play in the league earlier in his career. Um, he was a phenomenal international player, and a lot of NBA players of his time will tell you that. And he, he just happened to come into the league where his skills were diminished because he was an older player and he had all the foot issues. Yep. But Nikola Jokic is the, the bonus like personified on the next level um, as an athlete. And, and we're seeing that in, in, in real time.